Hello, and welcome to The Garden Club, where we explore the world and characters of Bloom and Blight a few questions at a time. My name is Anna, and I'll be your host today, though you may know me better as your always exhausted Oracle Larkspur. Today, I have our fearless GM, Taylor, with me. How are you today? I'm good. Fearless. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> well, you have not led us astray yet. <laughs> so we just released our mid-season finale, and in addition to our standard questions, uh, we're going to discuss some fan questions as well, uh, which is very exciting. These will be questions submitted to us in the Dareful Archives Discord server. Uh, so if anybody listening is interested in jumping in and seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff and the conversations we have there, the memes and the fan art that pop up, which are always wonderful, uh, the link for that server is available on our website, bloomandblight.com. But diving into this, tell us a little bit about your world building for Leva Bay and its inhabitants. Just kind of a an Leva Bay 101, if you will. Yeah. Um. I mean, it is ever evolving still at this point. Uh, I will say, I've definitely when we kind of got started with planning out what we want to do, like where everyone wanted to go, the college, this, the that. That's kind of when. Uh, or the holes, I guess, that have gotten filled. And the rest is still just like a playground to be created. But I don't know. The thought with Oliva Bay, I was living up in San Francisco area at the time. And it's just gorgeous. And I was like, let's 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 explore a place that has mountains and water and any name that has the word like city name Bay just immediately sounds so like perfectly fun and welcoming and great and definitely not in imminent danger. <laughs> cyclical however many years at a time but yeah I just I wanted I wanted a a good sandbox for us to be able if we wanted to do anything in any sort of setting that was gonna be it because that's what I was kind of thinking about living up there I was like well damn we have lakes we have the bay we have the ocean we have mountains we have valleys we're close to desert like there's so much in that area I wanted to loop that into this world so we weren't we weren't you know pinned into anything setting wise been quite a fun city to see too so the entire show is built around bloom which is a team that has been working together the start of the season for some time has that been a challenge kind of building a story around a team that already knows each other even though we hadn't played together in this world like a a bit of a challenge oh well let me put it this way I think it would have been very challenging had it been a different crew (laughs) that I get to deal with because all of you are just so wonderful at yes ending with each other that there was never this feeling of oh we don't really know what's going on like oh my god what did we do before you just keep kind of filling in those holes and it's made it very easy in the same way that you know, anything I bring up, it's like, oh, yes, of course, of course, that is the thing. And so that's made it really easy that everyone's just willing to collaborate with that story building and kind of fill in a lot of those holes together. Because I mean, even with things like I I really like little flashback scenes and specifically asking each character in those, like what was important in that moment and kind of building on that, which kind of gives everybody that's listening a bit of a feeling of what the past was. But it's thankfully been very pretty easy I will say with some things that are coming soon, I was very nervous to build out. So when we come back for the mid-season finale or mid-season break, that was a stressful uh, point just because I was very nervous that we were having to uncover so many things that were not actually played out. But 
thankfully overall, yeah, it is. It has not been been too horrible. I mean, is even just literally one of those things where I'm like, hey, Candace, I have this character Zeke. Can you can you can you bring him into your backstory? They're like, yeah, let's go for it. Like no one no one has given any sort of pause or hesitation and just like fully jumping into that. So it's made it it's made it nice and it's it's more fun too where I can be like, oh, this thing that happened and just drop in ominous stuff whenever I want because we don't have hours and hours of recordings to tell us that didn't happen. So So with this world building, how much of the past of Oliva Bay has been mapped out? How much was left fuzzy so that holes could be filled in? Yeah, it's it's really more I I will say I've not sat down and made like a full wiki of like year by year, anything crazy, um, specifically to give a lot of that room, though. Oh, I don't even know if it's really been talked about in the show, so I can't say too terribly much, but I do know about major events and things that have happened over the years and in the past of Oliva Bay that kind of influence the present um, with then, you know, dropping in, oh, this could have happened or, oh, it's happened many times before without really super establishing a lot of history to again I don't I don't want to I don't want to box us in that's when I get super stressed as a GM I know especially playing games like Cyberpunk Red or D&D I didn't even try with the lore but a world that is already created that you're playing in that has such intense lore and characters and rules that were created by someone else that's when I stress out as a GM trying to fit into what has already been established. So uh, when I do my own worlds, I like to give myself that breathing room of there's 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 flexibility in it all. But uh, I will say with those little spoileriness, whatever word I'm trying to say as possible, no spoilers, that uh, there are some major historical events that I do know and I do have mapped out and I do have dates set too. <laughs> so how long has there been a Team Bloom? in Oliva Bay. I know some of this, this is a question, this is one of the fan submitted questions, as many of these are, um, and I know it is a question that's going to be touched on in upcoming episodes, uh, but how much would you like to talk about that right now? Yeah, we can give a little little, little sneak peek, a little early thing. Uh, since in, in Lily's message, she did kind of talk about there was an original team and their sacrifice is what has made the magic that is in this world, the hideout what it is, and chooses a bloom of not all, obviously, being named Bloom. That was that was of, of Lily's choice. But it is it has been a thing for generations and generations and generations. It is hinted at that Oliva Bay is is old. I mean, we are I like to think we are in a world that is not necessarily uh beholden to like like I said, yes, the San Francisco area was my uh, inspiration. We're not beholden to what U.S. history is in that area. So I'm thinking that Oliva Bay is very much this long-lived history. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years of various different like civilizations and falls and rises and and very, very storied history. And I mean... I mean, the first the first magical team was the first time there was trouble, and that was the first time that Oliva Bay had risen to a very substantial level, you know, which you would uh, assume present day is. You know, it had already grown to this technological age when that first team uh, was chosen and the first danger started. But I mean, we're talking 
multi-thousand years of loops. And, you know, maybe there were like a, a really, there was like a super peaceful, like 200 years where the magic didn't feel like it needed to pick a protector. But anytime that, that trouble picked up, another one would be chosen. So there's been a lot. How many? We may never know. <laughs> Exciting. It's something for us to keep digging for. So another a fan submitted question. What has been your favorite thing about the fan community of Bloom and Blight? And this is a question asked from the fan community. Yeah. Um, I think I think they want to hear all the positive things that they do. Yes. Okay. First off, I mean, I, I I've ran a lot of stories and things and streams and stuff, and like I I, I hear. Like, oh, that was good for my players or other people. This is the first time that I've ever had, like, people I don't know. Like, the first time that there was, like, a review and, like, talking about it, I was like, I don't know this person. And they like what we're doing. Like, what the heck? You know, like, that that one was just such a, like, warm-hearted feeling of, like, holy cow, I'm only, I'm used to just, like, the people that I know in my circles. Uh, ever watching my stuff. So that one was just like a fun little ego boost. Uh, my favorite, my favorite thing, my favorite thing is just watching the theories and how I can say at this point, because they've heard it, how accurate they are. I love that people are like picking up the pieces, uh, the the fun the fun reveal at the this this mid season finale. I, I saw whispers about it already in there. Um, so that's super fun and and just I mean, hey, if you're not in the Discord, come join the Discord because it's such a wonderful uh place. Like I just love people sharing their cute little magical girl finds and chatting and stuff. So it's it's very it's been a very cool experience that I have not had before, you know. <laughs> it has been a lot of fun and seeing um there have been some doodles that have popped up in the fan art yes. channel which has been a lot of fun oh uh, people going through and making like pit crews of the characters memes um i finally got to drop a meme i was sitting on for a couple months uh yes. that was finally relevant with the mid-season finale um and it's it's just been so much fun it really is so we always kind of wrap these up with some kind of quick light-hearted questions and again these are from the fans in the discord channel so again Check out our website for the link for the Discord channel. But first up, so we've seen that Faye can only order prepackaged foods, mm -hmm. uh, which was a point of contention uh, for some mm -hmm. of Team Bloom as they, one, found out that we could get food in the hideout, which we had not known for a full year, year and a half yeah. for some of us. So the fans want to know why can Faye not order groceries to the hideout, fresher stuff, if she can order prepackaged food? So, uh... Hey, I'll give a, I'll give a little I'll give a little spoiler for the second half because it answers the question. She does learn to order groceries and prepare fresh foods, so it is coming. <laughs> uh, it just took a very smart individual to be like, "Hey, maybe we don't want to live off a cup of noodles and snowballs because that's all Lily cared about." Uh, and then finally, someone who cared about a balanced diet was like, "Can let me upload some recipes for you here." <laughs> so she learns eventually. Uh, she just had a very poor programmer from the beginning. <laughs> and if you're in the Discord, jump in to the spoiler channel and give us our guesses on who it was that finally taught Faye how to do that. Yes. Uh, so what tech or equipment has been your favorite thing to describe and implement so far? Ooh. 
Um, I think kind of the cop-out answer is the hideout. Um, that's very fun. It's also very mechanical, but I love how it does work in a mechanical stance of new areas are revealed or unlocked. And, you know, obviously anyone playing it could do it differently. You could build it, you could whatever. But, uh, I just I just like Faye having little secrets for y'all. And so that is that has been very fun to unveil different parts of the hideout as as I feel fit or as y'all unlock them through like mechanical means. I think other than that, I've had a lot of fun and I know we've seen little bits of it. There will be more of it coming of the kind of drone creatures that are following. Uh, that y'all had to, to fight previously. And I'll just say every single time you interact or Bloom interacts with them, it's like a different iteration, a different view. And so that has been very fun to try and think of different different creatures to fight, mechanical creatures to fight, but also how they specifically can be a nuisance to who they are particularly dealing with, which is, it's always fun. I just love a good little robot. Especially when they're powered by an AI who seems to keep learning. It's always a fun new challenge. That is what AIs do. Lily aside, do you have a favorite NPC that you've put Ooh. onto the board for us to interact with so far in the first half of this first season? I mean, Pandora, though, like, was not, did not uh, ever set out to be what Pandora has become. But even just from the first iteration or interaction with her just being that very, like, coy, sneaky, come get me, haha, I know things, you know, Foxy. She is, she is, she is uh, based off of Fox, uh, which is super freaking fun. Uh, but then <laughs> just, we've only seen one interaction with them, so I hope we get more in season two. Um, Hadley's gymnastic coach. I just love any time I can be a bolsterous, like, Southern woman. <laughs> And that is fully what she was. And I want so much more interactions with her in the next season. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I can say most, if not all, of the cast has a crush on Pandora and has <laughs> had one since her very first introduction. She's just so good. And I don't know, we'll, we'll get to do another one. I have another, another NPC that is like very near and dear to my heart and like I made them and I was like, ow, why did I do that? But we can't talk about it yet because it hasn't all come out about how tragic mm. <laughs> it is. That is absolutely something to look forward to. Um, what's the best place in universe to get a slice of pizza and soda? Oh my gosh, I should have thought of a, a name for it. I was thinking about this earlier and then forgot. Um, so I feel like because the best pizza, in my opinion, is usually a place that will also do like dollar slice or buy the slice. So I I feel like, oh, I know what it is. There's there's a like, it's only open like during lunchtime, like couple of hours vibe. Maybe, maybe it's just like the, the in Italy, they have the little like wine windows, <laughs> yeah. words, the little wine windows where you can go up and just get like, I feel like it's one of those, but that's where you get like the pizza and the soda. And it's definitely just like, the culinary department, you know, like a, a, the the cooking school inside. They've just this is how they're like making some money on the side out, and it's the best freaking gourmet pizza because the university pays for the stuff because they're learning how to be chefs, you know. But it's like while supplies last. <laughs> Does it have a name? 
I'm going to go with Hole in the Wall. I can't think of a better one off the top of my head currently, <laughs> but that one feels good to quite like. And maybe you need to even know like which brick, it's very spe- speakeasy vibe, like which brick you push is actually the like lever to open this hole in the wall. And it's just like a, you know, just the, just, just like, like the opening of a, of a food truck, you know, just the window will just pop up and there's just all the culinary students just like handing you pizza. (laughs) I love the idea of a secret speakeasy pizza joint. That is amazing. (laughs) And I feel like the university doesn't fully know that it's going on. You know, they're just like, wow, they make a lot of pizza. It's a rogue pizza place. That is (laughs) amazing. Um, yeah, if you want merch for Hole in the Wall Pizza, get in the comments, let Kit know. We'll see if we can get that done. So as we wrap up, do you have a few words just to describe what people should expect from the second half of season one? Oh, boy. A lot of transcending. I think a few eclipses. Uh, more fights, more making up. You know, there's lots, lots, of, lots of emotions high and low there. Uh, so many revelations and much more Zeke and Faye. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. It is always a joy. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to Bloom and Blight. Our cast includes Taylor as the director, Candice as Belladonna, Logan as Wolfsbane, Kit as Daffodil, and Anna as Larkspur. Cast details can be found in the show description. All production is handled by Anna and Kit. All sounds and music, courtesy Epidemic Sounds. Girl by Moonlight is a Forged in the Dark system from Evil Hat Productions. To stay up to date with all things Bloom and Blight, be sure to give us a follow on social media at Bloom and Blight. Bloom and Blight is a Dareful Archives production. See you next time.